Perhaps you've hit a plateau that has you asking, is this it? Have you accomplished all you've set out to do in life and are not feeling as fulfilled as you thought you would? It is normal at midlife to reassess what's working for you and what's not. It's also normal to want to reclaim your time, your energy, and your joy. Let's make the best out of the second half of our lives by having more fun, experiencing more peace, and feeling more joy. If any of this resonates with you, then this podcast is for you. I'm Megan Bayless-Bartley. Now let's get ready to shift our shit. Hello and welcome back to our part two of episode six, season three. I'm Megan Bayless-Bartley, joined uh, by Elizabeth McCormack and Britt Riddle. Today we are talking about really prioritizing ourselves and not really needing the need to feel selfish about it, right? We've been using this metaphor, this idea, we've been talking about this idea of on airplanes, we are given permission to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first so that then we can fully be oxygenated to help others. Because if we do not have that oxygen mask on, we are not able to feed ourselves and therefore be able to feed others the oxygen. And so if you're ending 2023 feeling exhausted, feeling fried, feeling worn down and want 2024 to be different, there may be the need for you to really give yourself permission to put that oxygen mask on yourself first, which is not being selfish. It's about self-care right? I mean, that's what true self-care is, is making sure that you have the energy to take care of yourself so that the things that you do want to do or the people you do want to love on, you have that energy and space to do that. Thoughts, ladies? Yeah, this is something, this has been a lifelong struggle for me to get out of the selfishness of self-care. And, um, I was, as as we were recording our last episode, um, while you were at a New Year's Day party, Elizabeth, I was sensory fasting for three days and did not see a single other person all all through the weekend um, through yesterday. And that is something that I have grown to learn about myself post-COVID is that I need once a quarter or so, a few days of no people, no activities, nothing, just time with myself, my thoughts. I write, I read, I do create creative projects and stuff. And the first time I did that, that felt very, very selfish to take days totally to myself. Um, but I realized that I am a better therapist, a better human, a nicer person um, when I get that time. And so I've started incorporating that. And in, I've, I've always done New Year's Day that way, but years but um incorporating longer stretches of that time and that's something i've had to come to terms with i I still sometimes feel that i need to apologize uh that that i'm allowed to take that time to myself and so for me that that continued work of this is just a part of who i am i'm an i'm an introvert and i need a lot of more space than most people to to recharge and that that's okay And that once I'm recharged, I'm really productive and get a lot of things done. And so just figuring, figuring out the rhythm, I think is, is really, really key. And maybe not, maybe not needing other people to understand that, you know, because 
there are definitely a lot less introverts in the world than extroverts. And you don't have to apologize when people don't get that or don't honor that, you know, that that's just, it's a societal, you know, norm that people get along or, you know, want to be around people and stuff. And so when that something that goes against that or is different than that, it's sort of like it catches people's attention and, you can help them understand that if you want to, or you don't have to either. Just yeah, I mean, my 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 friends will say I'd go crazy after one day inside my house by myself, and I haven't found my limit for how many days, <laughs> how many days I can do that. Um, but but yeah, I think getting out of that need to to explain it, and I just usually let people know I'm I'm alive and well, and I'll respond to you when I respond to you. Um, but yeah, but, but embracing that and really starting to learn to celebrate it that yeah. once I know that I have this time set aside, I look forward to it and then I feel rejuvenated. And, but I really do think, as I said, that finding each, each person, finding their own individual rhythms of, of rest time, downtime of boundaries of closeness of separation um, of all of those kinds of things. I think I used to have a tension of, rest, you know, in previous episodes, we've talked about all the different kinds of rest and how to rest and, you know, resting is not bad and all those things. But I think I used to have a tension between laziness of like resting meant you were lazy and you should be up being productive. And I think the theological mess messaging of, you know, being like Jesus means just go, 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 go. And it's like, that's not the story I read in the Bible about, about that theological message. So there's some of that that kind of plays in, but then I, you know, have this other side of like, okay, if it's lazy on one side, how do I reconcile my fear of missing out? If I'm not out doing all the things, then, you know, I'm, I'm missing something that's happening. And so I think it's taken me years, honestly, to like get to a place where it's like, okay, here's what kind of rest I need and not feeling guilty about needing more sleep than the other people in my house. And and kind of justifying that or saying what I do every day, it's not physically tiring, but it's emotionally tiring. And why at the end of December, after I felt a little bit like our intro with the hamster on the hamster wheel of like, <laughs> of life, of busyness, of, you know, crossing off all the lists, dotting all the T's and doing all the different things and doing that well, because I respect doing what I do well, um, but saying, okay, I, I legit need some rest. I legit am tired at the end of the week and need to not be out with people on Friday nights. I'm really done on Friday and, and need to rest and to find ways for that. For me, it's not about making it okay for other people. It's about making it okay for me to feel comfortable. I'm not missing out on anything. I can rest and be okay. And I do need time by myself, even though I'm not a teacher in a classroom full of 30 kids all day long, walking around, dealing with all their issues. I'm a one-on-one -on -one with one person all day long and a different person every hour. But it's still honoring that that is a gift that I can do that because I have lots of friends that are like, I don't know how you go from one appointment to the next. That's um, I mean, and hearing people just complain all the time, like they their image of what I do all day is really distorted. But at the same time, that's how it feels for them versus how it feels for me. And yes, I honor and, and the conversations I have are heavy. And so at the end of the day, I'm emotionally tired and I need to figure out how to emotionally rest 
besides just, if I'm not working, you might find me just laying in my bed because that's my favorite piece of furniture. Like, and that's okay. Cause that's the place where it's like quiet in my house. I live in a house that's big open concept and there's other people and a dog. And it's like, no, this is the room where I can shut the door and it's quiet yes. and it's away from all the things. And so allowing myself that space, I think for all of us, when we look at, you know, what does 2024 look like? And what do I want to feel like in December of 2024 versus what I felt like in December of 2023? I think it's the busyness. I think it's allowing myself what I want to feel is less busy. And that means I'm going to have to say no. And do I say no? Well, sometimes I'm concerned about other people's emotional responses to me saying no. Do they think I'm lazy? Do they think I'm not a good, you know, spouse or a good mom or whatever, because I do, I say no to the next PTA fundraiser or blushy day or whatever the heck they're always doing, you know, raising money. So Um, it's just a matter of kind of figuring out, honoring what are the ways that I need to do it? What are the ways that I get to rest and and be okay with that? And it's not about convincing somebody else. It's about convincing me. Right. And you're being honest with yourself. And if you choose to, you're being honest with other people about, hey, I just can't do that right now. I'm going to go lay in my bed and read or meditate or whatever the thing is. And no, I'm not depressed. I don't, you know, like getting out of bed, like I could spend hours in my bed. Part of it for me is a coziness factor, right? Like it's warm, it's cozy. Maybe it's even kind of like womb-like. And it's like, there's something I like, I put my earplugs in so I can't hear anything else going on in the house. I don't know if there's a dog barking or kids who need something. I just kind of shut it all out so that I can rejuvenate for myself, but that's, you know, something that I have to be really honest with myself about. And I own it with the kids and my husband. And I say like, I'm going, maybe I say I'm taking a nap. Maybe I say, I'm going to go read. I'm going to go have some quiet time. You know, everybody, at least in my house, you know, they all appreciate that. So everybody kind of goes to their separate corners and zones out with screens or books or, you know, dogs or whatever the thing is. So you know, I hope what I'm doing with my kids is teaching them how to own what they're needing by me setting that example to say, here's what I'm needing. And you know what? I see it happening where they'll say like, mom, I just can't have that conversation right now. Can we talk about that another time? Or like, hey, we've already talked about that. I don't want to talk about that anymore. And it's like, shoot. Okay. Awesome. You know, like they're, they're telling me what they need, which doesn't necessarily feel like they're shutting me out. If anything, it's sort of like a, oh shit, yeah, we have talked about that a couple of times. You know, it's it's me checking in with my own anxiety around like, you know, wanting to make sure I'm like connecting with them or I'm, you know, know what's going on or whatever. And, you know, usually they're like, mom, I got this, you know, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Like that's the whole point of this parenting thing is for them to get it, to, you know, have their things and be independent. So it's an interesting process though, but I think there is something about that honesty and owning it, you know, with this has nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with me and what I'm needing right now. And I'm, this is my truth and I'm telling you my truth. And so, you know, and I want you to be honest with me and tell me what you're needing and not lie or keep secrets or 
you know, I've been on that deep dive these last six months about like secret keeping and denial and all these things. And so the more honest we are with ourselves about what we need, right? Hopefully that helps us, you know, have better relationships with others, have other people feel comfortable with that, with us, that we can own things, which the reality is the people that we have difficulties with and need to set boundaries with a lot of times can't own their shit. Right. If you really think about it. So I know I'm well, going off on a tangent. <laughs> well, no, but I think the honesty piece is about, you know, being honest with other people allows them to be honest with us. And so when we have somebody who you're like, Hey, let's go make plans. And then they just kind of ghost you and you don't really know, are we doing something? Are we not doing something? And it just kind of lays flat. And you're like, Oh, they maybe don't feel honest to say, no, I've got, I need to lay in my bed. You know, like they don't have that comfortable open dialogue, feel vulnerable about saying, no, actually I don't, I, I don't need that right now. I need this other thing. And, and for that to be okay. And that it's my responsibility to manage my feelings about it. So I think we do have to kind of be the front runners, the leaders of this kind of behavior to say, here, let's be honest with each other about what we actually need. And sometimes, you know, my friends will make jokes about our family will say, oh, we've got diarrhea or, you know, that <laughs> diarrhea joke. It's still, it still is, is present. But at the same time, people know that like, I have some different things where it's like, oh, it's, it's nine o'clock. That's a, that's a, that's a red flag for me. I'm ready I'm ready to go home and be alone and in my bed and all those things. And I think I stayed out late a little bit um, over the New Year's Eve kind of weekend where I think I was at somebody's house until 940. And my spouse was like, dang, you are living your highest life being out till 940, (laughs) you know, but I mean... Uh, everybody's kind of come to accept that about me. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to stay at your house too long. You don't, you can invite me over and you know, I'm going to be, whoop, I'm right on out of there because I like to be at home. And I like my youngest was, I want to stay up for new year's Eve. And I was like, sorry, buddy. I am absolutely have no interest in that. I really value sleeping and I can't, I'm not really a sleep in kind of person. I'll be awake and everybody else will be sleeping their little heads away at my house. And it's like, I know that about myself. I know that even if I stay up till ring in the new year with you, I'm going to be up at 6am still. So mm, I'm not really getting my best sleep. So I'm going to do better if I protect that. And if I say no, and I say, Hey, it's been real fun. Thanks. Happy new year. I'm out. You know, like dinner was beautiful. See ya. And the joke at my house is yes. all kind of old grandpa jokes. See you next, you know, see you <laughs> next year, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you say that again, I'm going to lose my mind. But it's so hilarious. Yes. To say. So, yeah, I, I, well, and I, I think, think too, oh God, sorry. Go ahead, Brett. I was going to say, I think too that considering our relationships with other people when we're talking about being truthful and being honest, that with our close family, we want them to have that mutual relationship where I can say, you know what, I'm going home. And they can say, you know what, I'm not even coming over. And then, and then our close friends, I grew up in a house where my whole family, you wouldn't have known any of the four of us were in the house. So I, I grew up wow. around close. Um, but, but then there's, so our close friends, we may want that mutual trust back and forth of, 
I really just don't have the capacity, the energy to do that today. But then there's also all of the other societal, organizational, just acquaintance expectations where they don't have to know the whole truth. The whole truth can be, I have another commitment and the commitment may be laying in my bed or I'm not available, period. And I, I yes. think our anxiety, we tend to get into this need to over-explain and to come up with something. And I mean, I remember as a kid, my parents always just said, if you ever need an excuse, just use us, just we'll go with it, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, I mean, as adults, that ability to simply say no, period, or I'm not available, period, or I can't do that, I have another commitment, period, and and not feeling that need to to have to, the anxiety really, to have to over-explain explain yes. ourselves. So I think it's really important to consider who it is that we're engaging with and how much of our truth that they even deserve to have. Yes, 100%. And, you know, that could be an interesting challenge for each of us this year, because I think this takes practice and we're all therapists and we've been doing this, you know, in different ways for a different, you know, long time and thinking about these things in these ways. And so this might all be really, really new for people. And it feels really, really scary. And I remember trying this out and it did feel scary. Like, you know, what did I have FOMO? Did I, was I worried what people were going to think? Of course. It still feels scary. Right. Okay. Yes. And so part of this is just practicing it a little bit at a time to just see, you know, getting more and more used to it and see like, oh, well, they didn't respond poorly or, you know, nobody, you know, cut me off or did whatever. And so maybe I can try that again, or maybe you're going to get different responses from different people. And you just, that gives you more information, you know, and you get to make a more informed decision with different people because you're going to know your audience and see what might work better with different people. But the idea of like, you know, honoring ourselves, you know, being, you know, caretaking and self-care of ourselves, putting that oxygen mask on first so that we do have enough energy that's going to sustain us through this hour, through this day, through this week, through this month, through this year, you know, and thinking about like I, right before we came on our part one recording, I hadn't eaten lunch yet and I was hungry and I was like, I'm hungry to the point of hangry. And that's not going to be a good, you know, conversation. I'm not going to be in, a, in an appropriate mood for us to record this. So I better eat some food and prioritize myself and, you know, get some protein in my body so that I could sustain an hour of this discussion where I wasn't thinking about my grumbling stomach or the fact that I'm like, I bet they all have had lunch and I haven't had lunch, but that's not, that's not their fault. That's my fault, right? It's like, I wasn't managing my time well enough. So it can be as simple as, you know, making those choices of like, okay, I'm hungry. I got to pee. I got to whatever. Like, I just need to own it, take care of myself and not, you know, trust that the other person's going to be receptive to that. And if they're not, that gives me more information to make a more informed choice with that person in the future. 
Well, we're going to wrap this up from here. We have some really cool freebies that you can find. We have a link in the show notes uh, on our website, mindfulness-center.com. Some really cool worksheets that help get your uh, year started off right. One being the values exercise that Britt has created and another one being the shoulds and coulds exercise about are you shooting all over yourself? So We'd love to share those with you. Feel free to check them out in our show notes. Ladies, thanks for joining me again with Shifting Our Shit, and we'll continue to see you in the new year. Thanks. Bye.